episode 11 of Horseman Academy. Um, you've got your host, um, LP. I've got a special guest, but before I pivot um, to my special guest here in one moment, um, this brother is also a friend of the family, which was kind of weird when we found this out maybe like three months ago um, that we've known each other in passing. And it's often odd when you're in spaces and then you're like, yo, do you know this person? Do you know that person? Where are you from? And the next thing you know, when you hear a town name, Opelousas, and then also um, University of Lafayette, well, at the time it was called Southern Louisiana. Let me introduce y'all to my brother, Coach Austin. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah, now, I how, like I'm already back home. You let's feel let's me? talk about how random it was. <laughs> maybe, was it about three months ago? Maybe four months ago? About three or four months ago, yeah. You yeah. came in the studio, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know how I mentioned either my brother. Shout out to Coach Rollins. Um, yeah. You know, um, principal now at, I'm a lie. I don't know his high school. I'm going to lie. But, but also fraternity brother of ours. Yeah, man. Uh, how did... What made us bring up that conversation? How we even knew each other? <laughs> I was—I remember I was sitting in the corner, and something came up. I think Ebony said something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So she brought New Orleans. I brought up Opelousas. You chimed up around the around the TV like, "Hey, Opelousas, you never randomly hear Opelousas <laughs> ever, at ever, all. at all, at all, at all." And man, we just kind of went back into it. And you know, Rollins came up. I'm like, "Wait, that's my lot, man." Yeah, that you know. So that's my oldest brother. Everyone who watches poor, they know we're a, a family of four boys. All the same size, yeah. you know. We, you know, we we all did some type of athletics, and then a few of us we journeyed on um, through the land of Alpha. So, um, welcome to the podcast, brother. I want you to give a formal introduction because this is going to be a um, in the weeds conversation for some people. Okay. Um, I think they'll get a lot of value out of it. But let me put the camera right on you. Let's get a formal introduction, brother. All right, man. Formal introduction. Coach John Austin here, man. Again, Louisiana, born and bred. Opelousas, Lautel, all of it. <laughs> That's just my whole man. I love it. I love it. Uh, love being from that area of the country, man. Um, I've been in business now for myself about 17 and a half years. Uh, started out in Louisiana, moved out to Houston 2000, 2001. And it was funny because a lot of the fret that was coming to Louis, uh, from Louisiana here stayed in West Chase. We all was in the same apartment. Wow. Every like six months, somebody moved in, somebody moved out, whatever. So we kept that same apartment for a minute. I slept on the floor when I first got here because <laughs> we didn't have room. And everybody like, get to Houston, get to Houston, get to Houston. So got to Houston, man, slept on the floor, but we were chilling. We went to Semper's back in the day. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. We just, would, but we all were like, let's get ourselves together. We were all kind of getting married at that time and moving our families here. And uh, it was, it was a good time. So working in the Houston Medical Center, uh, as an ER medic, have my paramedic license still. My mom still got that article on the newspaper. I mean, on the on, on the fridge, as she of, should. You know, being a paramedic. Uh, so started working in the ERs, man. Man, long story short, that moved into cancer research. So I was a cancer research coordinator at Baylor. That was like the best, best job ever. Learning research, source data, analytics, all that kind of good thing. Merck Pfizer, all them big boys. And I ended up getting laid off further into that career. I was flipping houses part-time because I've been in real estate since I was little. Okay. My dad's family in Opelousas had been in real estate, concrete, construction, development, et cetera. And that moved into my own real estate company because 0809 happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a wild time for people, too. It was. Yeah. It was crazy. It was. So it was a crazy time. That real estate background helped me out a lot. Uh, We had to pivot during that time, sold out of that particular situation, and that's where the consulting started coming in. 
folks were like, hey, can you teach me how to do this? Can you help my company do this, do that? And I'm like, man, y'all pay that much for this, that? Operations, the second, the third. Bank ready started coming out then. As, as Wait, I didn't know that. I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh-huh. that's interesting because I thought bank ready was like now. But you saying you've been, and this is a testament, you've been building on this for at least a decade now then. A decade plus at least. I, I would have never known that. At least, okay. At least when I went to get my first loan in the bank, the banker was like, you're not ready. You need this, this, and third. And I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? And he said, well, this is what's going on. I'm like, well, who made that decision? I thought you made a decision, hmm. Mr. Banker. He said, no, the underwriters yeah. made a decision. So you're not ready for this bank yet? Dang, I ain't bank ready. All right, whatever. And it kept like clicking in my head. I said, okay, how do I get myself? Because I can't. I walked out of the bank embarrassed. I was because I felt like I'd failed my family, my business. Like I can't get this money. I need this money. And I stayed up for a couple nights in a row, just getting my numbers. Because really, just my numbers weren't right. Gotcha. I wasn't articulating the message to the bank how I was going to debt service that money and where it was going to go. I knew yeah. the industry, but they didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The underwriter yeah, yeah, yeah. can't make sense of it. And once I made sense of it, he said, "Oh, I didn't know this was what was going on. Tell me more." So I ended up getting more money. A better structured loan because they saw where the industry was going. Just because my paperwork is right. Yeah. See, so th- that's why I said this is going to be in the weeds for a lot of people. <laughs> and the reason why it will be is because um, a finance discussion, I think, deserves to be in the weeds. Mm-hmm. Now, let, let's take it all the way back. You mentioned a decade plus you've been working on this. Um, I think all of us have felt the trepidation of hitting send on a credit application and not knowing what that response is going to be back. I can tell you now, I've had several times where they was like, no. The first time I tried to get an American Express card, they was like, nah, brother, you ain't. You ain't. I, I thought I was doing good, making yeah. good money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought everything was right. That was like an eye-opening to me to get denied. Then going to banks and having to apply and sit down and talk to someone and getting denied. You're the man people should go to if they don't want to have that problem. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> I've figured out the. I've got. I'm in the matrix, if you will. I'm yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. At the end of the movie, see all the green coming down. Yeah. Here's the code. Here's how you figure it out. Um. Yeah, because I've figured out, and they've told me, but I knew what to ask over time. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, hold on. And I went to a couple of bankers. What's your biggest problem? What can where can the bank make more money? And one bank in particular said, nobody ever asked asked that question, you know, how can we make more money? I said, well, I'm around a lot of women in business, minority businesses. We need the money. So where's the money at? Like, where's the money really residing? Like, for real, for real. Like, why? We see you have the money, but where is it and how can we put our hands on it? He said, okay, I'm going to show you. This is how this works. And every every bank thereafter has shown me how the underwriting works. And it's really on you have to be able to show what your credit profile looks like. Not necessarily the score. They need to make sure that you're debt-worthy, credit profile, FICO, all that. But your business plan data, if you want this money, what are you going to do with it? How many people are you hiring is the main thing they look at because their economic drivers are tax-based. Yeah, people don't get that piece of it that Mm -hmm. your business plan, banks are encouraged or small business associations is encouraged to give you the money when you're providing job opportunities. Um, Oftentimes people go looking for money and they say, well, I'm a solo person business. 
they're not encouraged to just make one person have a influx of cash. No. <laughs> they want that solo person business to grow into a business that could benefit others. You have to. A lot of what we talk about is having your attorney and your CPA be your main starters, that CFO, that legal compliance. Uh, you're going to pay them some kind of bill. You got to. Yeah. They're going to be part of your payroll. And a lot, of, a lot of people may even be listening to this right now, and they're like, well, Coach, I am a one-person band, but are you projected to be a one-person band for how long? Your projections, you have to see into the future of understanding my market and where am I going with this thing. You go to SBA.gov right now, the top 10 things to start a business. Actually, it's not even a business plan or even an LLC. You hear that a lot on social media. Get an LLC. The number one thing is market research. Hmm. What is my market? And when we know that, it'll tell us a story of where the market's going. And you figure out how does your superpower navigate solving problems in that marketplace. Interesting. So you say that this started from a denial. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. A big denial. I, 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 don't wanna, I don't need to know the amount of money, but it had to be enough to make you be like, hold up. <laughs> Why did I get denied for this amount? <laughs> I'll be honest, it wasn't, it was the amount. Yeah, that's because I thought I needed, but it was what I knew what was I was going to get off of that amount. Ah, okay. Because I saw the contract at the end. Actually, I was already talking to the city, and they're like, this is the contract. Can you do X, Y, and Z? Yeah, I got that done. I built the team already. So, how much payroll did I need to cover? Operating costs? How much did I need to debt service to get to that project and get that project off the ground? Because I had my, my purchase orders already lined up. And see, most people don't even think about the debt service piece that floating a business with your personal money for six months to a year is ridiculous. Insane. <laughs> if you can do it with the bank's money, you you save yourself so much heartache. I know a lot of people also go in and say, well, I'm just going to personal guarantee everything. What, what are your thoughts on personal guarantees? Um, I'm not going to knock it, but I will say you do. You definitely want to start to develop tier one, two and three business style credit. What is it that your business would do normally? How, how often do we go to the office depots and Lowe's if you're in construction? What what vendors are you working with? We need to think about I need to develop a vendor list of companies I'm going to work with over time and let them extend you a line of credit so that your personal credit can be, yes, you may ping it a few times on the personal side, and you have to. Because if you're 35 years old, and this has to be said, if you're 35 years old, your personal credit is 35 years old. Facts. If your LOC is only a year, then you're a baby still. You can't go run out and get 50 grand, 100 grand in business credit necessarily without a high interest rate. Because I see that too much online too. You have to look at the APR and what they're charging you for that money. So start to develop a, a slowly but surely a good business credit profile that you may have to personal guarantee but if you know the revenue that's coming behind it, you're not so default-ish in your yeah, thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. It shouldn't be too bad. So let, let's give people then maybe some some steps. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to give away the game, but but let's let's give people some steps. Um, um, thirty-five year old is a great example. Um, most of people who are thirty-five, that might be their time when they really jump into entrepreneurship, using their W two maybe to grow a business or scale a business that they've been working with. What's the first thing you would say as a business coach, business consultant that people need to do to start getting their house in order? Um, consult with at least two 
people in your in your industry. Don't go out this thing on your own. I wouldn't go to go. Don't go to social media even. Find a good accountant and a good attorney who you can get advice from on how to get structured and how to maneuver in that space. We don't even look at budgeting as something that's sexy because it's not. But if your spending habits out the gate are wrong, you can't change that just because you got fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars. Hmm. So get with a, your attorney and get with your CPA and say, this is what I'm looking at doing. How will that work with your accounting? How should I look at moving? And legally, where should I be? If I'm an LLC, should I be filing taxes as an S Corp or when? Hmm. Or what revenue number do I need to hit before I take it from 1099 to LLC, single two-member LLC, to an S Corp situation? We got to start thinking that way in a business mindset. So when we go from a one-man project, we can look at projecting further out what that looks like. So you say the team is the most important part in the beginning. We play football, right? Okay. Off-season. My mind's always off-season. What are you – who are you drafting? That's an interesting analogy. Got yeah. to. Got to. And that's, right, that's how I got the name Coach. I wasn't – I'm never – I'm not a business coach either. <laughs> That's another thing, too. <laughs> I had a former NFL player was a client of mine. Wow. And he was like, you know, I, I was teaching, I was coaching 707 at the time. And his son was on our team. And he's like, man, I, you need to just be coached 24-7 because you teach business like you teach football. I hate you most of the time. Correct. <laughs> but yeah. you've taken, yeah. you've gotten me so far. And it's like, you know what, I'm just letting him do what he got to do. And he said, I have, a, I've had to humble myself like I have to done with my coaches in the pros, college and whatever. And I'm like, for real? He said, yeah, be coach. Because we call you that in the grocery store or whatever anyway. So just be that 24-7. And I just ran with it. And it stuck. So you're thinking off-season, preseason prepares you for game. Case in point, client of mine just flew down from California to the Houston Procurement Forum last month. The last one that he had. I've been working with him for about a year. His original business model, we split that into two. And it's totally different than what he thought it would be. And I've been grooming him and grooming him and grooming him. And I said, you need to get a flight to Houston. Cali's cool, but what you're offering and what you're doing in that EV space and in the sanitizing space with your solution, you should be here. He got there, got to the forum, long story short, started talking to the vendors. And I was there coaching him along what to say, how to say, whatever. And he had it. He left with a contract from HISD. Man, that's incredible. Man, so, yeah. so the proof is in the pudding that if you put in the work, then your structure of what you do with people lands results. Is it more individual companies, individual, or can you work with a large organization as well? Like what, what, what's the strategies? Are they all the same or are they different depending upon the size of the organization? Strategies will be different depending on the size. I can work with, I can work with an Apple just as much as I can work with a one man show. Gotcha. Business is business is business. The business of real estate, the business of healthcare, the business of whatever, right? Um, if I like to stay in veins where I know the industry, of course, if not, I can bring in a consultant of my own. But at the end of the day, I have a secret power, if you will, of understanding where the pain points are and how to fix them based on what they're obviously not doing. And every company has their own superpowers, and mine is fixing and helping you solve the problems internally to make sure you're more efficient and more profitable. Nine out of 10 companies who even hear that, like, okay, I don't have that. Come help me with that. We're doing that in the diversity, and equity, inclusion space corporately. Um, but yeah, I can help any any firm, quite frankly. And and then the process for you, you say, starts with the team. Once you've got the team together, what do you really mean by bank ready? 
Bank Ready is <clears throat> making certain that the amount of money that you're going to need, we may always hear, let me get 50,000, 100,000, half a million. I don't care about all that. Six, seven figure business, none of that really matters. When you're sitting across from an institution that can lend you money, what you're asking them for in writing, can your numbers, can your P&L, can your forecasting, your cash burn, your break-even projections, can all of that make sense to a banker to say, I need $62,500, I'm going to do A, B, C, D with it. I'm going to drive, I need this, I need interest only loan for a year, I need this, I need this, I need that. You want to think about structuring your loan based on the revenue you're going to drive. I hardly ever hear anybody talking about that. That is bank ready in and of itself. You're ready to go into this institution and the banks of y'all hearing this, they're probably doing this on, on the other side of this camera. Like, yes, he's right. He's right. Because if a bank can see you as a, as a lower risk tolerance and you can debt service that money on paper, you've done the homework, you've done the research. They're like, yes, your credit profile says yes, you can do that. Bank ready is bankable for the bank and bankable for the marketplace. It's not just the financial side of it. So let, let's talk. That's that's a great way to think about it. And a term that I use a lot, and I'm glad someone else is using it, is debt service. <laughs> I, I don't think people understand what the underwriter is really doing is, are you paying us back? <laughs> I mean, some people think that it's, Man, they judging me. They're asking me too many questions, especially when you're like most people only see this when you're talking about a big real estate transaction. Uh -huh. You know, when you do a big real estate transaction, it's not very difficult or let me take that back. Um, it's easier to go in for something that is going to be collateral like a house to get a loan than something that doesn't have any collateral behind it like a idea. So debt service in their mind for a house, they know, you know what? If all hell breaks loose, what am I going to do? I'm foreclosing on this property. Uh -huh. what, what, what are you saying when you say debt service? Let's give it to the people as it relates to a small business owner. Debt service means, let's just use the, the number $100,000. Okay. <clears throat> How is the, how's your sales set up? your revenue that's coming in, your cash flow statement, how much cash is coming in, your profit and loss. Can that money coming through the door pay the monthly premium, quarterly premium, interest only premium, whatever, have it set up? Can that revenue cover that? Can that debt be serviced? I mean, I mean, layman's terms, can you pay this money monthly? And do you have a plan to pay it and pay it off by a certain period of time? Uh, Netflix, for example, a company with way too much debt. When you look at Yahoo Finance and y'all just find any company you like and plug it in and look at how much debt they have compared to how much revenue they're driving. Simple things like that, but that's how you service debt. You you want to service. You want to scripturally be a steward of that money. How yeah. are you handling that money? It is helping you to drive more revenue, but how are you taking care of that, which is helping you? Now, you brought up a great example, too, with Netflix. What most people don't understand is that a lot of your companies, your favorite companies, they're not making any money. <laughs> I mean, Very true. a lot of your favorite companies down to the Teslas. Well, SpaceX, Tesla may have finally turned a profit. I'm not sure. But most of them are in the red. Yeah. And people think that 
man, if I start a business and I can't turn a profit, I, sometimes I don't know if we understand really how the system of business actually works. Gosh. Um, <clears throat> Google Investopedia, please break even. Um, a lot of us, and there's some studies that have gone out, come out, small businesses fail because of this, because of that. Uh, I've found over the last eight years in particular, small businesses don't fail because of lack of funding. You fail because you didn't plan for the right funding. Hmm. Small businesses don't fail because of lack of leadership or this, that, and the other. You didn't plan for the right leadership. And most small businesses have failed because you quit too soon. Agreed. If your break even is year three and you sweating it out in your year and a half, you shouldn't have to sweat it out. You should know based on your, but a lot of us don't want to write a business plan. A lot of us don't even want to go into a business development model to know when we should be at break even and then profiting after that. That's where business really makes it soft. If you know what your break even is, your effective tax rate, your cash burn, how much cash is coming in and out of your account every month. If you at least know what those are, your accountant can lean on, you can lean on them to help support you there. Your legal team is making sure that you're doing what you got to do. And then your operations folks, you may be the Steve Wozniak or the Tim Cook or whomever. You need to know what your power is and your team is helping you do everything else. You go out and do what you got to do. But if you think about it, most of us, when we start a business in our community, we're ready to jump on social media, come support, <laughs> you know, X, Y, Z. And then when people don't, because no one will support it in the beginning. Like they want to see you make it. That's that's what's weird. So it's you're running on fumes a lot. You're running on, man, I, I didn't make a dollar this month or I left my job. What what should I do now? Wow. So what what recommendation do you give people who are on the cusp of quitting? Because I, I would imagine a, a program and strategies like yours can take people from the brink. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We do it all the time. Um, quitting their, their job or quitting their... Their business. One, don't quit your job. No, yes. <laughs> Please don't quit your job. And a lot of people are wanting to quit their job and jump off. We You got to be in bank to find this out. But I have an equation that shows you when you can leave your job. Wow. So yeah. so you've got a calculation for people similar to uh, my line of work when you can retire. Yes. Okay. Very similar equation. Yes. Okay. Um, I would tell people, one, family is family. Let auntie, let Pokemon be who they are. Yeah. They're not supposed to support your business. Are they your target market? Nine out of 10, no. You should be focusing your energies on, again, we said this earlier, the market pays you for efficiency and solving problems. Let auntie and them bake cornbread and have, have Thanksgiving and all that. That's family. Let family nurture your soul. Let your target market pay you for the services you're providing. And if you know where your break even is, if you if you're planning and strategizing and studying your market and even doing a SWOT analysis on companies that are like yours, then you could see don't reinvent the wheel. Don't try to be special. Just do you in a marketplace that needs your just to it, if you will. Shut uh, shout out to my wife. She likes to use that word just and I get what <laughs> it means. Right. But it's like, you know, that's that's what it's like don't quit. No, quitting, that's the only well, you fail forward and oh man, I don't like I don't like all that. You don't fail for it. You failing is quitting. Don't quit. God put that vision on you. And if you really want to go deep into this thing, all the prophets that wrote scripture, it was what he put in their heart. So if I'm going to look at my business plan, that's the scripture for your business and the people you're helping. So you really going to tell the most high, I'm not going to take that and, and write that scripture down and see that thing through. 
We talk about Habakkuk, write it down, make it plain. But before that, he said, write down what you see. In the Greek and then even in the Hebrew, what you saw in here, not just what you saw with your eyes. So, yeah, not quitting, man. It's, 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 it's bigger than you. Your business is not just about you. It's about who you're serving. Definitely, definitely not. So the, the, the brother is giving you all a word. So for, for people who may be interested in getting in touch with you and all of that, of course, we'll have some links and things like that that we can share. But let, let's share your social medias and all that before I jump into everyone who's watched the Academy. You know, I asked the same question to everybody and we've had 10 different answers. But first, information, where they can find you, all of that good stuff. Yeah, well, you can find me on all platforms, Coach John Austin. John is spelled J-E-A-N. So Coach John Austin on Instagram, on uh, Twitter is Austin Business Coaching, Facebook and YouTube is Coach John Austin. My website, main site to find is I like to take people off platform is thecoachaustin.com, T-H-E, coachaustin.com. You guys can find me there. I'm, I'm, we, we've revamped the website, so we've got free grants out there. A lot of we got a news ticker and everything. I'm trying to be the small business CNN, if you will. Nah, we we want that. Now we 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 ain't even gonna say trying. He is the small business CNN. That's Appreciate what we gotta say. Appreciate so so let's let's jump into this final question. I ask everyone the same thing. If someone had ten thousand dollars liquid, no obligation, nothing that they need to take care of, all other responsibilities are taken care of. This is a person who wants to be an entrepreneur. What would you recommend for that individual $10,000 liquid? Go out and buy an existing cash flowing business, something we never really look into. You don't have to start a business from scratch. Uh, just like you buy real estate uh, owner finance, you can buy a lawn care service, an electrical company. You can buy so many different businesses. And that 10000 can be money in the bank. You can leverage to get a line of credit against that. Now you've got twenty, but that cash flowing business, that owner can stay on and you can do seller financing with that as well. That you can buy equity and buy cash flow like that. That we get a different answer every time. Like that, that right there is unique. So for example, people don't understand how much money plumbers make. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I did a study a while back. We won't get into the details, but plumbers make more money than most surgeons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people don't understand that. They do. So you're saying maybe go out and find small business, something similar to that, where it's already cash flowing. Mm -hmm. Go in, get some equity, maybe with your 10000 at the bank to make a compelling offer to the owner. Definitely. You have the infrastructure bill, which is hot now. So all it of is. the trades, drywall, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, these guys are retiring. They're like, I'm good. I'm done. The recession's here for sure. They've made their money. Oftentimes, they'll stay on as a consultant with the business and, and show you how to run it to keep that clientele. These businesses have been open 20 years sometimes. So why start off with that personal guarantee business credit from the gate? Go out and buy 20 years of business credit that has a great reputation. We don't have to start from the bottom. At all. I know it's glorified on you know, lyrics or whatever. <laughs> nah, started from the bottom is here. But walk into some buy cash flow. If every person at the sound of this podcast thought about buying cash flow businesses and can operate them day one with a mentor built in, that makes your attorney's job better, your job easier, and you've got clients. Cash flow is already coming in. Take that and partner with the government contract situation that's out there. You've already got the plan. 
You've got the capability already existing of on construction. What hire you on because your capacity has already been built. Exactly. You're already seasoned. So everything is in, in, in your favor. Oh, my gosh, yes. And now you're a CEO operating a multi-year company that's been proven. Yeah. You Man. put a minority certification on top of that and a government contract in front of you. That is generational. Yeah, now you're giving too much of the game away. You know, I want people to still come, come find you. Oh, so I, I got more. I got so more Coach to Austin, we appreciate it. I know we had a little time today. I, I can guarantee you'll see us again at some point doing some things together. Um, it's good that he was able to pull up on us. Go find them. Give them your social one more time. Make sure they know where to get you. Yeah, man. TheCoachAustin.com website. Check it out. Okay. Coach John Austin on Instagram. Text bank ready to the number in that bio. We'll start to work with you. We vet everyone that we work with. Best place to find me. We will get back with you. We're loving this recession. Let's make it happen. That's what's up. That's episode 11 of the Academy. We out. Appreciate it, brother. Hi, bro. Man, thank you. That was good. That was solid. Thank you, man. Like I said, I like having finance conversations. Mm -hmm. That was good. Mo, is that you? I knew you would get here before we got finished. I said, didn't I say yeah, you'd yeah, be here yeah, before yeah. six? Mo ain't supposed to get here until 7 30. Hey, <laughs> listen, listen, cordial. Yeah, yeah. She, and hey, prompt. She, she, she wanna work. <laughs> hey, it's, it's hard to find nowadays. You can turn on that light though. You turn on. And I'm gonna get you set up. It's hard to find nowadays, man. Come on, guys. Let me help you. I know. Uh, uh,